Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a comedy podcast exploring stories from behind and beyond the bar. We're your hosts. I'm Shauna. And I'm Adele. Adele's not here because we're all quarantined. Um, so I might chime in as Adele. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> but this is really exciting because um, this is the first time that we are doing a podcast where we're all not in the same room. Uh, I'm sitting here by myself in our little podcast studio. It's kind of weird being by myself. Adele's actually in the live stream, so I can see her. I can't hear her, but she's there. She's here for me uh, supporting here. Um, unfortunately, I don't. we don't have a mic for her in her location, so I can't really bring her in here. But uh, we do have an incredible guest on here. And this is a Tiny Tales episode. This is an educational episode. We will go into some storytelling, too. But even more exciting, our guest, all the way from Jalisco, Mexico, Marcos Galindo, one of the co-founders of La Dama Tequila and Cantina Experimento. Welcome, Marcos. Thank you, Shanna. I'm really excited. And did I do that right? Yes, you did it great. I am actually surprised got- that you, you pronounced it the right way. So. <laughs> oh, hey, a win already, right? You're, you're winning already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Hey, um, so Marcos, how's everything uh, in, in your area? This is a weird time to be doing a podcast because uh, we're all quarantined here. And uh, so <laughs> it's kind of like we're all trying to connect as humans via like different platforms, I guess, different media platforms. And, and, and I guess there has to be an advantage of everything we have been doing as a society, you know, like investing so much money in, into technology and so much time. And we have left many things that were important on the side to do this. At least they should work for us in these times of difficulties. But, but to answer your question, um, here in Jalisco, uh, we actually are, I think, the most uh, struck uh, state by the virus. Uh, the national or sensation is that a lot of people are skeptic about uh, what truly this is all about. There's a lot of conspiracy. Our president is very peculiar in the way he's addressing the whole thing. So people are kind of confused. They don't know what to think. But us, ourselves, we decided to take all the necessary measures in, in the team of La Dama, in the office, everybody's doing home office. And in the fields, which fortunately there's zero cases in, in the rural areas where we work, in, in the town of Mezcala, in the highlands. Uh, so people... They're still working, our, our farming team, all the guys from the town. Obviously, we ta- we're taking a lot of precautions. We haven't let anyone come close to the town that comes from outside. And, I mean, they're working great, and the nature has to keep doing its work, no? So we, we let the guys do what they do, obviously, with a lot of precautions. But the cities are quite insane, just like everywhere in the world. It's really wild. Well... Okay, so I, I, you know, we we've all this is one weekend now. Uh, we've all been doing this for about a week in quarantine, at least in Los Angeles where we're at. And I know we all have our feelings, and you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get too much more into um, where you know <laughs> all the quarantine stuff because I, I really want to dig into your brand. I want to dig into what you guys are doing because this is really cool and important stuff. What you guys are doing, um, and La Dama Tequila is a an incredible brand and let's get into it. Let's get into like what, 
what does Ladaba mean? What does Cantina Experimento mean to you? And what do you guys do? So we started around eight years ago. I had a prior company. I, I became an entrepreneur pretty young. We come from a very, very uh, working class family from the south of Jalisco. And I have also family in the highlands of Jalisco and, and also the family in the highlands of Jalisco. They're very, they come from a super uh, working class background. And we have been lucky enough to be able to see results from, from our hard work. But uh, we started in Cantina Experimental. This, this beautiful project was my second uh, entrepreneurial project. And it was just to say, screw everything. I was working in in another industry, also in agriculture, but we were doing everything the normal way, right? Like the, the way that you bend nature to do everything all your will. And we were exporting to, to many countries the product, but I just lost the, the, the love for it. And uh, everybody was saying that it didn't make sense to do things differently. So I was very desperate, so I sold that company. It was an agricultural company. We were doing limes and, and, and oranges and, and papayas and other things. And I built that company from the ground up. And when I knew that it was not what I intended, I sold it. And then I went to a little hacienda my family has in a very old town that's called San Sebastián del Oeste. That is two hours drive from Puerto Vallarta in, into the mountain, into the Sierra Madre. It's a very old road that goes from Puerto Vallarta to Guadalajara, the capital of the state. And in the middle of the mountains, which is an incredible view, we have a, a small hacienda that uh, as a family, we used to go and, and just get out of society and just be in the forest. But when I went there, my background, my original background is uh, history and, and, and social uh, sustainability. And I studied a lot of things around public policy and all these things. So when I was there, I just blocked out and started to study everything that was in that forest, in that area, in that town, the people that lived before there, the endemical people, where were their way of life. And then I decided to do a business there. I decided to do a nonprofit business to help other kids that, that were living there, young adults, that they were migrating, forced migration, or they were doing other types of activities that were not, not so good because they didn't feel there was more to, to the place. So I, I formed a team. I, I hired a, a young guy from the town, a young chef talent, and then I reached out to Martin Kovar, which he, you guys can see him in the Instagram. He's, he's a very popular guy, <laughs> but... He also has a good heart. I, I contacted him. He was in Dubai and he did a lot of things for big hotel chains and he was doing oh. like crazy bars in London. I think he's one of the most uh, professional bartenders I have ever met. And I reached out to him. Uh, I told him, look, I have... have... Have you met Adele yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess I guess they are on the same level. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't but, know. But, but, but I, just reached out, yeah, I just reached out like, hey, I'm a crazy guy from Mexico. I want to do like a super crazy bar in the middle of the forest. And I want to receive people here and not only be like drinking to be actually a learning experience of culture. And we are blessed to have so much there. We have the wild agaves, Maximiliana wild agaves. We have, Ooh, I love that. I had that agaves. for the, I had the Maximilian uh, for the first time the other day from, uh, who was it? Uh, my gay spirits. Yeah. 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 We had that. We'd had that um, agave, Mezcal for the first time the other day. Yeah, so so it's it's quite 
something because once you're there and you see the way nature works, it changes completely your your mind and you start to think that if everything we have been doing with the way we were growing uh, tequila or or even even some types of mezcal is is if if it's the right way. So I reached out to this guy, Martin, and said, hey, maybe he can help me out. And, and he did. He came and he loved the the project. He knew it was a nonprofit. So it, it was quite a challenge to to actually live in the middle of the forest and do all the <laughs> studies and and try to form a team of professionals up there and and be economically sustainable. But after a couple of years, we we were lucky enough to make it. We got a lot of recognition by the Spanish authorities and Mexican authorities and about how we were approaching sustainability by gastronomy. And wow. we got uh, around 40, 40 applications just the first six months of kids around the areas that they wanted to learn to be bartenders. They wanted to learn to be chefs and they knew we were doing things differently and we were supporting this type of projects and we just started growing from there. I, I think you can see if you guys go to the Instagram and Cantina Experimental uh, and Jardín Nebulosa, uh, which is the restaurant we also build up there, uh, it's it's focused on that study of, it's called ethnobotanics, which means studying the people that used to live there, how they saw nature and used it to their favor, but also proper scientific study of ingredients. So it's it's quite it's quite nice. We we feel like we're crazy scientists there in the mountain, but we enjoy it. How many people have gone through the program of learning to bartend and, and, and cook and be a chef and hospitality? So at this point, we only take um, local kids that are in the surrounding municipalities. Um, there's there's very sad numbers there. Like, uh, for example, in, in, in this type of areas like Altos or the Sierra Madre Occidental, uh, the expectancy of education, it's around uh, seventh grade. So, no kidding. Yes. You, if you went to sixth grade or seventh grade, you were already one of the lucky ones. So what we're doing is we're only taking people from, from those surrounding areas. We have taken around, uh, I will say, 45 kids that have gone through the program. And many of them, for example, we just had one that went to work with um, a two Michelin star chef and... We have been visited by a lot of Michelin star chefs and they come to see and, and learn. They say they come to learn from us uh, that, and that sounds quite uh, crazy, but, but they do. We have many three Michelin star chefs come here and bartenders from around the world and, and they just enjoy it. And, and I'm happy that these kids, they can feel that even being there in this little mountain town with no resources, that they can actually inspire like uh, like the top of the top. And that was the whole soul and idea behind doing this, this Cantina Experimental, which later took us to do La Dama in, in association with, with uh, my family in, in Altos, which is, is another kind of crazy story. But just just finishing up with, with this Cantina Experimental, you can, you can guys go check it out. So the way it works is that you have to make like a reservation to go to this jungle forest bar. It's called the, the cloud forest of the Sierra Madre Occidental. So we have a little hacienda and we have three rooms. And the way it works is that you go up there and in the morning we take you to our, our natural preserve. And me, Martin, and the team of, of botanists, we take you to the to the natural preserve and we teach you 
and show you all the ingredients in nature and tell you, oh, this was used to treat this type of disease and this was used as a ritual to ask for, for water when there was a drought. And you pick all the ingredients from the forest and wow. at and the afternoon, obviously the kids, they cook. We cook together and with all the ingredients from, from that we pick and we have a, a, a little farm that we work with the community of San Sebastián. So we bring the ingredients there, we have a nice meal, and in the afternoon we do a ritual that is uh, inspired by the Wirarica and, uh, and some things also from what we learned from the Tecoxkins that were living there before us. And, uh, and we do a ritual to enter the Cantina Experimental, which is quite cool. I, I don't know if I would be able to describe it via podcast, but... It's, it's like a, a very spiritual way of giving thanks to the forest for everything it, it gave and, and what it means for us. And then once you're clean, you can go to Cantina Experimental and it's a four-hour experience where you mm. can uh, drink, literally drink and eat uh, the spirits of the, everything in the forest. And you, you live, this is a two-day experience, uh, the normal thing, and uh, all of the profits go to preserve the natural preserve. Uh, we have a butterfly sanctuary. The money we get from from this is to pay the the kids. Uh, their how do you say? We pay for their stay, and we we give them a, a, a salary, and we pay for their food because sometimes they come from like very far away towns. And we also have a dream of three, three botanists that they preserve the 400 hectares of forest we have there. And we have a little butterfly sanctuary that we have a lot of endemic uh, butterflies and, and that are very important in the forest. So uh, everything is like an like a ecosystem that supports each other. And we have people from around the world coming there. And it's been quite an experience and especially learning to do everything as a bartender from yourself and be the challenge of creating everything you need to create cocktails from no more than two kilometers away from you and handpick it. That That's, has been uh, the craziest experience of my life. And we've been doing it for the last six years. Farm the table, like jungle the table, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it breaks heads at the beginning it's like how am i going to do this because you we are so used as a society to just go to the store or call someone and you will have everything delivered to your door but oh my gosh yeah if, if was it if we want to really inspire a full generation of people around not only here but outside we have to go through that process and it was tough it was tough and actually just finding a way to to manage being lonely or in the forest for more than six days with just books and notes and and two or three guys sometimes that are with you, just that's just a challenge. Just to find peace, you know, like inside you. At the first week, you you kind of go crazy, and we call it the, the shining. Everyone who goes <laughs> to the hacienda, we tell them, "Oh, are you, did you already have the shining?" Uh, process like like the movie and and they're like yeah i, I just watched the sequel to that <laughs> it was actually really good i haven't i haven't oh you should check it out it's really good but but yeah it happens it's true it's true so like, do we do we all have like uh the entire world now has gone through the shining this first week like everyone it, it's crazy how humans we are full of noise out the the complete 
Society we live in and everything that surrounds us is noise to keep us from being in peace. And every, every time, every time the, uh, we have a new person coming to work with us, we explain to them, look, this is, this is quite challenging. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have to learn to be with yourself. And yes, after the fourth, fourth or fifth day, they, they come to me or Martin, and they're like, yeah, I'm having this process. And, and, but it, once you pass it, oof, like your, your brain works in a different way. So not only do we have to get through the shining, you, you guys also created a nice little product to help people get through the, what we call the shining, I guess. Yes. And that would be uh, Dama There's tequila. a lot of drinking in that. We, we say it's training, <laughs> but, but there's a lot. Look, um, it's quite beautiful because, I mean, we create our own raicilla in, in there in Cantina Experimental. Uh, we have our ovens and we have the wild Maximiliana agave to do our own mezcal, which is the only thing we use. The only thing we use in Cantina Experimental is uh, the ricea we create. Can you and, quickly break that down for listeners who might not know what ricea is? Yes. Uh, so ricea is a type of uh, mezcal uh, that we do in ex- specifically that area, which is the Sierra Madre Occidental. It's, it's done by an agave that it's called Maximiliana Becker. And it's called Maximiliana because we had, for a brief period of time as a country, we had an emperor that was called Maximiliano. And, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And it, it was quite quite an era. And after that, we went to a republic. Obviously, everything changed. But this agave that grows wild in these mountains, it's probably, I will describe it as the more herbal and flower-tasting agave when you process it. It's very, very herbal. I, 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 don't, I don't know how it is. Very lactic. And it's, it's, very, it's quite unique. So we, we do our own mezcal there. And because we are not in the area allowed to be called mezcal because we are in Jalisco and we were left like in a little limbo, our, our grandparents used to call it ricea. They were like, hey, uh, I mean, mezcal. Hey, hey, bring me the vino de mezcal. But, you know, the loss, the, the intellectual property loss, we couldn't call it tequila because it's not tequila na Weber, agave. And we could not call it mezcal because we're not in an in a area of mezcals. Oh. So we had to choose a name and, and they chose ricea because it literally means like root medicine. And there's a story about supposedly the, the people in the towns, they, they didn't want to pay some types of taxes like 100, 120 years ago. And when the people came to collect the taxes from alcohol they were making, they said that they were not doing it anymore, that they were doing a type of root medicine, and we use that story to to call it again raicilla. But I mean, it's it's a mezcal a mezcal made from from Maximiliana Becker agave. So we do it there in 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 Cantina Experimental, and we only use that to create every single cocktail. We have around a thousand and five hundred ingredients that change through the seasons. We have six, we divide it in six seasons, six major seasons, because the forest is so special. It's so dense and complex that in between one same forest, we have like seven living ecosystems that interact with each other. It's one of the most special ecosystems in the world, the, the cloud forest in this area. And that's why we decided to protect it and study it because there's no better way to, to protect something 
if you know what it is. If you don't know what something is, you don't care if it lives or die. But so our, the way we approach bartending is about educating people about important things and things that, that matter and via uh, drinks, right? So for us, it's a meaning and it's, it's, a, it's a way of life. And that's what we have been doing with, with Cantina Experimental. Right now, unfortunately, we're not receiving people, obviously. Uh, we took this break to, to study more. Uh, we, we stopped last week. Like 10 days ago, we stopped receiving requests or people. Like I told you, we can only receive three couples per, per experience. But for sure, when this passes, we will be back on the grind. That's all of us right now, right? Um, it's incredible. You guys are like, I mean, above and beyond, like this is, this is a big idea. You guys came up with a a very big idea, a global idea. I feel like it could be, I want to go. I I know Adele would want to go. It's like, uh, like I said, it's a big idea. This is a very, very big idea. And I think that, um, the more people that are able to see what you guys are doing and hear what you guys are doing can inspire a lot of bartenders, a lot of just, I mean, anyone who wants to make a difference, I think. Actually, um, this, this translates really well to what we're doing with, with La Dama. So um, what we're trying to do with La Dama Tequila is to try to put all these pieces together of education and responsibility because as bartenders and agave lovers or just drink lovers, we have a responsibility, either we know it or not. And that responsibility is that every purchase or consumer action or tendency we have creates something somewhere, right? So if we are buying products of predatory companies with no soul or background or humans around it, we are actually indirectly supporting something either we want it or not. So that's why when we transition it from this project of Cantina Experimental and Jardine Nebulosa, and it was very painful for us to, to step aside when we started La Dama, but we knew the guys, some of the kids that we started with, those projects, they are really capable of running it. And just an occasionally, Martin, Martin is uh, leading the experiences when we have like guests and stuff, and Martin goes and, and, and takes part in the, in the rituals and the cocktails that I described to you. But we did step aside to start La Dama because some of my family, my sister's family in Altos, they came to us. And funny enough, they are a huge agave growing family, but of tequila and Weber agave. And they loved what they were, we were doing. And they, Don Manuel Perez Loza, which he's uh, the, the oldest brother and, and the guy that started with the agave farming. He came to us and said, guys, this is extraordinary. I, I have all my life been farming agave. They are huge agavero family. They have a lot of agave. And, and they sell to all the big brands or they, they used to sell because when we started the project, that changed. But they were selling all the, the, the agave to the biggest brands you can think of. And when he saw what we were doing, he was like, you guys know how to do branding. You guys knew how to tell the story. You, you have a passion and people can relate to passion and people can relate to a story and a mission. And he wanted to be part of that. So, so he said that he will put all his fields on our hands 
and all his team and everything he owned in our hands so we could transition it and create something different in tequila, especially because that's the most detached type of product from the origin that there is. And, and it's also the biggest, the biggest type of, of mezcal spirit or, or uh, agave spirit there is. Mm-hmm. So we started uh, around six years ago with the research with him. Four years ago, we went very intensely in changing everything, everything in the fields, all the practices. We work in a tire base that uh, we have a, a full team that everyone studies something different. We have a team that is working on the genetic problems and the pollinization problems. So one thing has led to the other. And as we have transitioned into very aggressive, if I may say, agricultural practices of growing agave, we have been sacrificing and pushing many things on the side. So, for example, agave in nature is reproduced. So we we have to break everything down of what happens. First of all, there's nothing more important in tequila than agave. And people usually forget and then think branding and partying and, and doing uh, aging or, or, or using a tajona, it's going to do the trick. Well, it's not. The most important thing in tequila is agave. Like, that's just basic. And if you're going to hide everything you're doing as a brand in the fields and just showcase what, what you want to showcase, then you're tricking a lot of people and you're not telling what they're doing. So one of our mission was to be the most transparent agave company ever. And we have in our website, we're going to talk about carbon footprint, uh, sexual reproduction of agave, the contamination of water, uh, the uses of, of everything we use for the fields, the manure, everything has a carbon footprint. It has an impact. So we want to put everything out there. It's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable because... Obviously, the profits are in the fields. Like you make quite substantial amount of money if you do very depredatory practices in the fields. Uh-huh. So I was talking to, to Shana at the beginning, and it's quite interesting because the way we do agave it's very little human interaction. We have a very, very small team of guys. It's our SWAT team. They're all guys from the town of Mezcala. There's family members in their cousins and just friends that we work as farmers in, in the fields, but the way we do agave, the human makes minimal, minimal interaction with the agave. Just like you would have a wild agave of in, in, in some areas of Mexico, that's the way we want to transition to tequila. We want to find a balance between letting nature do its work and having enough agaves without predating the ecosystem. So, for example, today in our offices, everything is shut down. Nobody's working in La Dama in the office. Everybody's home, home working, home office working. But in the fields, because we're in such a remote area and nothing has happened there, the guys are going to work with a lot of cautions obviously uh they 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 don't we did a full explanation of what's going on and how to conduct uh socially between each other not to touch and everybody 
has different, very separate areas. So the work in the fields, we could say it stays normal with a lot of caution. And this takes me to the point that I was saying that the way we're approaching a tequilan agave farming is completely old school. It, this, this is something that was normal uh, according to Don Juan, which is our, our maestro agavero, and he's uh, 75 years old. He says that back in the day when he started, he started working in agave azul when he was 10 years old. And when he started working there, he told me at the beginning we were doing the project, he told me some crazy stuff that I couldn't believe it. He told me the agave in this area, which is the best area to grow agave azul because of the of the soil and and the stress and the situ and, and everything in, in the ecosystem makes the agave work to the limit. It's constantly between life and death. So it makes him work hard. But he told us, guys, if we're going to start doing this type of agriculture, which is something that you will, if you want to understand it, it's like organic, but it's more like wild. It, it's more like nature do, does its job. It reproduces itself. Uh, we just take the seeds. And I will explain more about that. But to answer that question, uh, Don Juan told us when we were starting, guys, we're going to get piñas that are going to be 12 kilos, 14 kilos. And it's going to take them 8, 9, 10 years to sometimes 12 years to be ready. And that is so contrasting to the way they're harvesting now at four years, five years, and they're getting piñas that are 40 kilos. So that is very anti-natural and it has a consequence, not only in the consumer, because as a consumer, you're drinking all these leftover pesticides that go through, through the product and traces of chemicals in the product, which... You, you might think, oh, it's a very small quantity, but if you do it constantly, it, it has an effect on you. But more importantly, all these ingredients that they use to make the agave grow unnaturally, they are affecting the soil. They are affecting the water that runs beneath the soil and the rivers that go around. And at some point, we're going to have a huge ecological problem that we're already seeing uh, uh, starting. And... There's going to come a day in 12, 15, 20 years that we're going to say, oh, wait, we have a huge ecological problem with agave and we're not going to have a harvest this year. And once we're going to have that problem, people are going to be like, oh, shit, there's no tequila and we're just going to use whatever is left. But I mean, there's only certain amount of land. There's only certain amount of water. And there is a way to do an agriculture that is natural you're going to lose a lot of profit share. For example, us, the way we do uh, plantation of agave azul, we only use a third of the agaves they normally use because they go with the machines, they clean completely the hectare, they make it, the only living thing in there is the agave azul. And for us, it's different. We, we have this, this uh, land that looks like a forest and then we use some parts in there to adapt the agave to certain areas of this already living ecosystem. Obviously, this is going to be way less harvest and it's going to be le way less weight because we use no pesticides, no chemicals, nothing. We make our own uh, nut uh, uh, organic nutrition for the, for the agaves. But they grow at the rate. What is, sorry to interrupt, but is, what is like the hardships of the agave to do something all natural like that? Is there, 
any setbacks? It's all economical. It's all economical. I mean, it's actually nicer to work this and it's less work because when you have a living ecosystem, it protects itself. If you have a hundred types of plants in there, the pests are not going to hit you because they regulate themselves naturally. But if you just have agaves and everything else is dead dirt, the pests are going to go and attack you because there's nothing else in there. Mm. So you will have to use a lot of chemicals, a lot, to keep those pests away. So it's actually super beautiful, easier, and healthier as, as a worker. It's hard work. It's hard labor because we just don't come with the with the machines and and we don't come with the with with the how do you say we call it the the bags on the back and put the pesticide that that's easy work oh, yeah. because you kill it's everything great. but i mean ours is a little bit harder work because we have to do everything manually we have to clean every certain amount of time the grass that grows or the or the or the flowers that grow beneath uh, on side the agave but we keep them alive all the time because they help us against erosion. So there's many, many subjects that from erosion to water contamination to the carbon footprint of making so many pesticides. Those do pesticides you, and chemicals are made somewhere. And in that you, fabric, they have a, a, a carbon footprint too. Uh, do you tie the two projects together with the nonprofit and the younger generation as far as learning a new skill? Is, is that does it tie into La Dama Tequila as well? Yes. So La Dama Tequila is this collaboration between the two projects, my, my, my Highland Family Project and, and Nebulosa Project, which is Cantina Experimental and Jardin Nebulosa. And what we do is we are working with a university of Mexico that is the highest ranking university of agriculture and botanical sciences, and we are partnering with them to do a program where we can bring from all our customers around the world, at the end of the year, we're going to invite groups to come and we're going to do a yearly certification program. And, and yeah, the idea is to teach everyone uh, what is true and, and what are lies and, and, and how everything comes back down to hard work and money. So it's, we want to show them physically that as a consumer or a bartender that your actions have consequences and that they can be great things done with and the only thing you need to do is support whenever you buy a brand there's many more brands that have our philosophy and and we love them too and we collaborate with them and we put them in our instagram we Marcos, for, for listeners who may or may not be in the bartending industry, we do have a lot of listeners that are bartenders and are in our industry, but we do, we also have uh, listeners who are not in our industry. And this is a por- like part we do like to educate. Like, how, how would somebody who is not in the bartending industry that doesn't have a lot of these tools to be able to try these these products and m- many different tequilas rather than the name brands you find at like Safeway, how, how does somebody like do their due diligence and, and find the responsible companies? That's quite an interesting question because as independent brands are, or up-and-coming brands that are doing the right things and they are shaping the, the future of, of agave making and making it survive, we don't have the resources of the big brands to 
do publicity or marketing. The only thing we have is our creativity and people like you guys that give us a platform. So the easiest ways to do it is to just go on Instagram or the websites. And if they are not talking about nature, if they are not talking about <laughs> uh, sustainability, agriculture, and, and you can see it right away. Like I'm going to do a list and I'm going to put it in Instagram after the podcast of another three tequila brands that if you go to their Instagrams and our Instagram, most of the things that we're putting in our Instagram, it's about nature. And we show things. We, we wow. tell them, look, if we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And we showcase it all the time. And, and you go to the other Instagrams or the other webs and it's quite clear that they just want to make a quick buck and take the money out of the land. They don't give back. Would you think the that money disappears? They it just uh, evaporates, and you know the the George Clooney effect and all of these things. <laughs> people coming and 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 just doing a brand because they want to be billionaires. But that is not what agave was about. Agave was invented by women eight hundred years ago, nine hundred years ago. And there's a beautiful book that I'm gonna also shout it out to 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 the people listening about how the in the Chichimeca area, which is now the Altos and Zacatecas area, the Chichimeca woman were the first ones to, to create uh, agave juice. And women were believed to be sacred beings because they can bring life and men will give give them the ingredients and they will transform it. So beautiful. But the, the communal sense behind agave making and, and the magic and beauty behind it it's so lost and you can right away see the few people that they do care about what happens to, to agave, especially tequilana, which is taking the hardest hits and you, you can have a cool brand. You, you can feel cool. You, and, and all of this, but still help, help the right causes. No, it matters to be on the right side of history and what you support. And uh, we're trying to create a community and inspire more brands, independent Mexican brands, because it's not the same thing as if you're a guy with a name and a face and a family and working there with these people as if you are like a huge entity that nobody knows who's making the decisions or where the money is going. This is problematic in some ways, in, in, especially in the area that is being predated. And if the tequila comes in the shape of a guitar... <laughs> I mean, oh my God. <laughs> no words. Okay, fair. I mean, and you guys are talking directly to the consumer. And it's also great for bartenders because we're storytellers as bartenders. We love to be with people and talk them because it's our passion and talk about great products. And what better to talk about a product that has a background and a purpose than just trying to sell something that it's unsellable, you know, like they're pushing it to you and you're trying to figure out how to say, okay, you have to buy this product because... It's famous or whatever, you know? So I think bartenders, uh, we've been reached out by so many people. And, and it's so encouraging because it shows that the curve, 
where we're going is the right way. Like everyone's absolutely, and, and I get asked like super tough questions, and it was unimaginable six five years ago. Every nobody cared. It, it was just about selling, and now I get like tough questions. Hey, how are you doing the re the genetical research? How are you are doing your agaves? And 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 I tell them the truth. Like it's it's super tough to go from all clones to doing a number of agaves that actually matter on a production perspective that you can actually export, that you're just not an Instagram story and a beautiful story, but there's no product anywhere and you cannot compete. So mm -hmm. it's very tough work and it's a lot of investment, a lot of time, a lot of research, but the industry was worth it. stagnant for a lot of time. And I see up and coming people pushing the right, the right message and the right work and the hard work. And the, I see the bartenders relating to that. I, I, I got a visit from a guy from Tennessee who just flew from, from a honky-tonky bar. And he was like, I just, before this explodes in the U.S., please let me go and see the fields. And, and I get people like, like this all the time. And, and, and it's exciting that the younger generation, people of our contemporary of us, They are about the substance. And yeah, I mean, it's cool. our future. Yeah, our our planet is our future at this point. There's and only one. Yeah, and this is our home. No matter how anyone looks at it, everyone looks at the house above their head. But you know what? This planet, this is all of our home. And if so something is, is teaching us the virus, is that something that happens away from us and far away from us? It can impact your life tell you uh it's funny you mentioned the bartender and the impact of the bartender and uh how how we are we are taking interest in you know sustainability and everything uh but i heard that maybe you have a little bit, a couple stories as a bartender that that you've you've been behind the stick before yeah i started with with martin uh he he's my teacher he will tell you i'm the worst he ever <laughs> he ever thought i mean he has He has taught people everywhere. Like I told you, he, he's been every every major city in the world. He has done a project. I knew I had the best teacher, but I knew I was also going to be the worst student. But anyways, uh, <laughs> in, 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 when we were doing Cantina Experimental, a lot of crazy stuff happened. Uh, like like I told you, there, there's this the shining effect, right? When you are in the in the mountain for more than four or five days and everything you have is your books and, and, and you, it, it becomes quite, quite scary. So there's a, a story that I didn't believe that in one of the cabañas in the Hacienda, we have three cabañas. There was a ghost or something that appeared <laughs> at night, but, but, uh -oh. but everyone, everyone was like, Oh, you slept in the cabana. Yeah. Somebody moved me. And I was just, you guys are clowns. Like this cannot be freaking real. And, but everyone that stayed there in that cabana in the middle of, of nowhere in the forest at night, they felt something or hear something, whatever. I, I just thought it was crazy. Manana. How much tequila did they drink before? <laughs> <laughs> and, and one day I said, like, screw this. Like, I, I cannot take this anymore. And I, and I, and I purposely went to sleep to that cabana <laughs> just to, <laughs> to see if it was true or not. And just for you to be context, like, 45 kilometers around us, there's nothing. It's just the forest. We're in the middle of the Holy cloud. moly. So, awesome. yeah, it's really cool. And, and I, was, I, I slept in that cabana, and, and 
it was around 2 a.m. in the oh morning, and I started hearing noises and, and sounds. And I started to, like, I wanted to, to run away, but there was not nowhere to run away. And <laughs> the next day, every, all the kids like, hey, uh, Marcos, how, how do you sleep? But the, they were fucking the, with you. They were fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep anything. I, I had the tail in my in my legs and I, I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to say the truth that I was scared by some but they were doing it. They were doing they even took they video. Do? They took video and everything. Oh my god. But were they like like whistling and stuff? No, they were throwing rocks and somebody even <laughs> climbed the ceiling of the cabana so so they could oh hear the footsteps. No, they took it to the next level. Yes, they took I it love to them. Level. And I love also, pranks. there's another story. Um, there in, in, in that cloud forest, we have uh, jaguars, uh, a, a quite healthy population of jaguars and, and puma. Wow. Yeah. And they, they are the protectors of the forest. And obviously, whenever we, we know and our botanist, our botanist team is very quite aware and they tell us when we can go and film, where we can go and pick ingredients and when not to, right? So there's rules. You cannot go after certain hours of the day or before certain hours of the day to explore the forest uh, because there's high probabilities that you will encounter a big cat and it's not good, right? So uh, one day we we ignored that we we ignored that <laughs> warning and it was uh, Martin Claudia, which is uh, the woman that that helped us with the groups and 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 she helped us with accommodating people and making sure they have a good time and stuff. And we were walking uh, very, very close to the house. I will say no more than 150 meters from, from uh -oh. Hacienda. And I I always carry a machete and I'm like, oh, I'm a tough guy and I, I can survive. And we like, we were so close to the, to the Jaguar because we were climbing up and we heard a sound that I would say that it was a meter or a meter and a half away from us. And he growled in such a oh my way God. that I can tell you never in my life I've had this feeling, physical feeling of literally our heart stops. And, and the botanist says that there's a scientific reason for that growl because they do stop your, your rate for, for some quite seconds. So you're an easy prey. So... <sighs> They did like That's we, fucked up. I thought I was gonna be able to put the knife out and protect. <laughs> I just stood there and, and 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 like he took pity on us and and he he saw that that he saw us and we just went back and and slowly because we cannot run but we we came back and we were all white like white like ghosts. And, so and, yeah, and Monica, our botanist, cool. she was like, what happened? Like, I, I, I told you guys to not go before 6 a.m. And this is the time they, they are still very active and, 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 and stuff. And they have a good vision and, and you don't. And we, I think, I, think I, I got a fever that night. And I oh like, God. yeah, like for, I needed three days to, to come back to, to life. But. I mean, it's it's part of the package deal to be there in the in the Sierra Madre, you know. <laughs> Holy moly! You you dodged a bullet there. Hey, I got a question. Shoot. Do you want to do? Do you want to play a game? Yes, let's do it. Okay. 
Uh, the game we're going to play is called Rapid Guess Questions Number Two. How's that sound? It's quite complicated, but I'll give it my best. Okay, it's not as it's not as bad as it sounds. Uh, so basically, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You're going to answer them as quickly as possible. They're pretty easy, uh, but they might be kind of weird. <laughs> okay. okay, don't so, worry. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, verbally build a Bloody Mary your way or a Bloody Maria. Maria Roja. <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? 200. Perfect. Name three uh, sustainable tequilas. Okay. So, La Dama, obviously. Uh, Galindo. And Cascawin uh, has a cool project that I've been following for a while. I don't know if they're certified yet. But I have been impressed, and I want to shout them out. Yeah. Name three amigos. Uh, Martin, Regis, and Alex. All right. A customer is sleeping in one of your haciendas that you don't want there. What do you do? <gasps> it's a super <laughs> tough one because he's a very famous person. <laughs> Oof. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the name, but I'm going to say that they have a huge restaurant business in California, and, uh, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you had to do one thing for the rest of eternity, over and over and over again, and nothing else, what would it be? Drink rice and tequila. Ayo. <laughs> okay. Uh, if, if, do you, do you, wait, I have a question. Do you guys have a donkey on the premises? Yes. Two. Two donkeys? All right. Uh, verbal, verbally uh, make the sound that your your donkey makes. Because I do it for my kids. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you're flying on an airplane and want to make yourself a cocktail, what cocktail would you make? Oof, that's pretty, pretty easy. Any sour with any agave spirit. If you could choose any celebrity to come into your bar, who would it be? <gasps> That's a good one. I need two seconds more. Take your time. Oof. It's got to be a good one. Yeah. I, I guess Carlos mm. Santana, just to hear him play the guitar while we make oh the my. cocktails. Yes. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Um, a movie is being made about your life. Who would you cast as yourself? Oh, my God. That's good. <laughs> I guess I don't I don't I don't know why, because he he we're very different. I'm I'm like native Mexican. And, and this guy's like, I think, like European or whatever. But I will say Adrian Brody, the guy from The Pianist. I oh, he's great. I, I, yeah. I just have to put him a little bit browner, but he can do it. <laughs> I don't know if that would be appropriate on screen anymore. Yeah, no, we're in different times now. <laughs> yeah. No, but we can bring him to the beach for three months and then we put That's him in the true. Yeah, put him on a beach blanket to have him drink some tequila. He's yeah. good. <laughs> that was oh, good. good. Um, okay, uh, okay, so uh, if you could be in a barrel of bourbon, a barrel of rum, a barrel of wine, or a barrel of tequila, what would you choose to bathe in? This is very simple. A bourbon or, or a whiskey, because 
for me, tequila has to taste of agave. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. Okay. Do you, uh, you know Absolute Vodka, yeah? Yep. Okay. So, uh, speak of big brands. Um, Absolute, they just came out with a brand new wacky flavored vodka. What's the name of it? Absolute. Oof. I have no idea. Absolute wacky. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't Absolute seen it. Absolute Jaguar? Jaguar? Absolute... I don't know. Uh, if I had to make the name. Yeah, you got to make the name. Ah, okay. I thought that if I knew what was the name. Okay. Absolute sustainability. Hey, I love that. That's positive. Oh, my God, Marcos. Um, so, before you go, yeah. one of our viewers wants to know, what is the book that you referred to earlier? Yeah, it's it's from... Yeah, it's from Mr. Fabregas. You can, uh, I can send you a link. I mean, it's open knowledge. It's just that there's nobody has it on, on a PDF. I'm going to have to do it myself. It's, it's open source. Um, I, I, will, I will put it online for you guys. And it's between the pages 60 to 68 that he talks about the way the Chichimecas in Altos used to live before the Spanish arrived. And I actually have it. it it's called Making a Historical Region. Uh, the origins of the highlands of Jalisco. Awesome. Um, I will put it. I will, I will put the link uh, in, in in Instagram. We're gonna do a story about this podcast, and I'm gonna put like I already owe quite some thanks to the to the viewers. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, okay, Marcos, this is like the time for plugs. Um, as we wrap this thing up, is there anything you want to let listeners know, like as far as how they could get involved, how maybe how how uh, our little podcast could come out to the uh, cantina, how uh, people could find your product, anything? Yeah. So right now, La Dama it's sold uh, in in Europe, in every country in Europe. You can get it through Compañía de Caraibi. Also, we have a collaboration with Balam Spirits, and you can get it in. Uh, soon, you're gonna get it in Japan, in South Korea, and uh, China. I think that will be like two months from now. And in the U.S., uh, we can reach any bar that it's in California, uh, tech, uh, Florida, New New York, and we're gonna have it also very soon. The container was already in the way when this contingency happened. Uh, mm -hmm. but we, we're going to reach quite, I have like a 50 bar list already, uh, many bars in LA and many restaurants in LA and, and, uh, California are already in that list. And we're going to do one area in our Instagram that it, you will actually be able to see every single bar restaurant or place that is, that, that it's cool and it's serving our, our stuff. So you, you can go and check it. I think it's going to be live next week. And you're going to be awesome. able to see where you can try it in the U.S. I can't wait. I want it. I want it yep, bad. You will, you will get it. And, <laughs> and we will send you also, uh, we have uh, beautiful bottles painted by the, by the kids in, in Mezcala and Altos. And these bottles, every bottle that you see hand painted is not going to be sold. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be sold for an amount of money, but, it, but it's going to be, go directly to La Dama Foundation. We're trying to pick up money for a bus and transform the bus in an art workshop and science workshop for the kids to go through all the Altos municipalities. 
and uh, I will I will give you guys the first uh, one of the first uh, paint, hand painted bottles from the kids. So you no can way. Put it, so you can put it soon in 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 Instagram and 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 we can. Oh my can god, that is so freaking awesome! Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, my goodness, uh, I feel insanely honored to have been able to sit here and you know i wish i was i wish i was with around adele and everyone right now i wish you could be in our studio right now one with us in the studio and just try the product yeah i would love it i i mean this is so cool as it is but you know i'm just happy that we're able to do this with the technology that we have during this time so thank you so much for taking time to be able to sit here and talk to us about everything you're doing it's it really is bigger than most so i i'm very honored no it's likewise and i i appreciate the platform uh you wouldn't believe it but there's many people that don't want to talk about this type of stuff because they find it difficult to navigate with it and uh i appreciate everyone that wants to get the truth out there whatever it be and whatever brands it is and and we need to talk about this stuff um like life can be very easy and just look at the other side but I appreciate this type of platforms and we gotta, we gotta take care of ourselves as a community. I think life is going to change from now on and we're going to be more aware and we will want to support things that are right. And that's, I can see it already with you guys giving us the platform to talk about this subject. Well, I mean, a hundred percent, I can't agree with you more on that. So yeah. Um, I, I feel like I could talk to you for another four hours about all this stuff. I wish that we were able to uh, have a podcast platform that could last that long. Um, but unfortunately, I, I can't. And no uh, But I, I do want to continue the conversation. And as things develop for you, I'm, I, if, if you're wanting and willing, we can always revisit things as things happen, too. Yes, and we're we're also going and like in two or three months, we're going to release a documentary film we have been doing for the last four years about sustainability and tequila. Uh, cool. It's going to be like a super, super dupe uh, cool documentary. And we're going to do some screenings in LA and New York and many places. Oh, we will be there. Uh, we, we, will, we will do something with you guys uh, once it's ready. I think this will be hopefully in, in two or three months and hopefully everything will be better by then. Awesome. And in any way we, we can help on that, if we can help promote or get the word out, we will do so. Yes. Let's awesome. Awesome, Marcos. Thank you so much. Um, such a pleasure, guys. Such a pleasure. And uh, and listeners, you know, uh, if you like our show, do us a solid subscribe. Leave us a review. This is a DIY project. All the love we get helps us grow. And if that love comes in the form of a charitable donation, you could share that love on our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Talktales the podcast. Or you could uh, check out our, our website at talktalesthepodcast.com. Um, and if you have an amazing story you want us to tell or be a guest on our show, uh, you can email us at TalkTalesThePodcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much to our good friend, Josh, for composing our theme song. And thank you, Grayson, for creating our, our badass logo. And Adele, thank you for tuning in and uh, doing the live feed for us. That was awesome. Too cool. I'm glad that we were able to get that side of it. And um, and yeah, thank and Marcos, again, amazing. Uh, I think we should go out out on a cheers with this one, shall we? Cheers. Yes. Yes. Do I, do I got you, Marcos? Yes, I have it. <laughs> okay, let's go out. Let's go out of this one on a uh, salute. 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 salute.